What is up, my listening faithful? Welcome back to the Keystone Chronicles podcast. Guys, this week I bring you an information episode. We're going to touch on novice and beginner turkey hunting. We're going to touch on novice and beginner trout fishing. And we're going to touch on novice and beginner foraging. In this episode, if you're an expert of any of those things, you may not like it. But if you would like to sit down and listen to me go over some of the basics for this stuff, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Guys, as for me out there right now, the trout fishing is freaking awesome. I highly suggest you get on the streams, out in the lakes, whatever your fa- you know tickles your fancy. It, it's, it's super good right now. Uh, the second stalking should be hitting all of the stalk cricks here this week or going into next week. So everybody that's done the, doing the one-day thing, guys, they're done. They're off the stream. Get out there, man. Uh, don't be the guy that sits in one hole. Get, get, get up and down these cricks and forage and, and shed hunt while you're, while you're out there looking around. I uh, greatly appreciate everybody tuning in. The support has been freaking awesome, guys. Keep it coming. Like, comment, subscribe, all platforms. It really helps the show. Thank you. God bless. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. Welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. This week, I am just going to bring you a straight thought session. And uh, I really like to talk and I wanted to do an episode like this. So without further ado, I, I think that we're in that time of the year where a lot of guys are out scouting and getting ready for turkey season. So some people that listen may or may not know how to turkey hunt, and some people that listen uh, may be some straight killers. And I know that for a fact because some of the guys were already on the, the show. So I just wanted to go over a couple things here. I'm going to talk a little turkey. I'm going to talk a little bit about some trout fishing and uh, might bring up some other random things here that, that uh, I've seen come out as of late. Uh, from our Pennsylvania Game Commission. So if we get time, we'll tap into that. But to start it off here, uh, you know, you're going to go out, you're going to go looking for turkey. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not the best turkey hunter, but I do know how to go out, locate, and find some birds. And uh, as far as the killing process, <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm not the best hunter as it, as it comes to turkeys, but I like to get out there and uh, turkey hunt while I'm out there, maybe do a little foraging and, and, and shed hunting and just looking for deer. So that's something I really enjoy. And just wanted to go over a couple things here that you may or may not know. And I, I hope this ain't a waste of your time. And I hope you enjoy this little, uh, information session, if you will. And, uh, I, I had a couple guys reach out to me and ask me a couple different questions about some turkey hunting and uh, a lot of questions about the trout fishing. So we're going to tap into both of them there. So, Let's kick it off with if you're looking to scout wild turkeys here in the state, in the great state of Pennsylvania, you know, I would start look for food sources. You know, wild turkeys are going to feed on a whole different variety of food. You know, acorns, fruits, seeds, uh, insects. Um, they are, you know, going to be found around some oak stands, uh, any agriculture. You know, that's. You see them out in fields all the time. That's that's one way to go and, and look for them. You know, you can get a pair of binoculars and and find a, a bird with some good hooks, a bird with a good beard, you know, whatever you're after, after as far as the trophy is in the eye of the beholder, and that is with any hunting or any fishing. So you're going to want to maybe look for some roosting sites. Um, for those of you who don't know, wild turkeys roost in the trees at night and 
locating their roosting site will give you a great, a great, great, great advantage on getting in there in the morning. And sometimes you can get right up on the birds and you're right beneath them. And, you know, they call it the fly down. Sometimes they'll, they'll come down right where you're at if you're calling. And I mean, they're, they're right there. They're right in, in gun range and you're able to get a shot. And that's, <laughs> some guys are way better at it than others. But, um, you know, if you can find some feathers and some, some, some scat, some crap on the ground, it's pretty self-explanatory, you know, big limbs. I've seen them on a lot of, you know, bigger limbs hanging out, um, for whatever reason near my area, they like to hang out near the pine trees, uh, the hemlocks. I, I don't know for what reasons I'm sure somebody out there could reach out to me and let me know. Maybe there's a reason why they like the areas there, but, um, you want to get out there in the woods and you want to be listening for gobbling. What I do not recommend is do not mess it up for the youth season guys. I I don't want to tell you what to do, but I hate when I hear guys that are constantly out there calling the birds on, on the, on the public land, at least, you know, right before youth season and that's just because you know I'm going to probably try to take a kid out and get a bird or or my cousin or my brother or whoever does it and you know these birds are hard enough to kill as it is and you educating them it's a lot of fun to go and talk to turkeys <laughs> just don't do it where I'm hunting um it, it, that's a joke I mean I, like I said I really don't care what you guys do but uh you get out there and uh listen for gobbling you know Early in the mornings, usually when you're going to hear it late in the afternoon, I have heard gobbling and turkey talking in the afternoon, you know, midday, but it's not something that I, I have seen a whole lot. Seems like they kind of go hush mode and uh, I've seen birds and had birds come up to me later in the morning, you know, 11, 12 o'clock and it's when you least expect it, but it's hunting. So when you least expect it, I feel like that's when it always happens. But um, uh, you, you you can look for tracks, uh, looking for tracks and sign. The wild turkeys, you know, they they leave a distinctive um, foot track, and if you don't know what that looks like, uh, you're gonna have to do that research on your own. It's kind of like a <laughs> um, three finger split, if you will, I guess. Uh, I'm sure you've seen them before if you're a woods goer. You just maybe not didn't know what they were, but they they do leave tracks. Um, you know they uh, they leave them in, in in a lot of different areas. And if you can find some mud that's a little bit softer, of course you're gonna you're gonna find them a little bit easier. So a um, couple other things, um, if you know you know how how they move, and uh, the more more often you can watch them. And how they react to certain calls and stuff. You know, a bird coming into you might be on high alert, right? They're listening for your calls. And what a lot of guys I, I feel like do and make the mistake of is calling very loud when a bird is very close. And that is, uh, you know, a dead giveaway to a lot of older toms that, hey, something's up. And one way that you might see that that bird's real sketchy and you might want to get a shot off as quick as possible is when when they, you see their head kind of perk up a lot further than it normally would be and it, they kind of start tilting their head and looking around and almost in like a, like a panic, you know, looking for uh, a predator nearby. 
So when you see that, a nine times out of ten for me, at least, it's like, okay, um, I'm busted, man, or you know, I need to get this shot off and and make a good shot here as long as they're within range. Which brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which was it is great to be able to get a shot off on a turkey or any other animal, but we got to make ethical shots here, guys. We can't just be firing for no reason, you know, wounding these birds. If you don't know, these animals are very tough. These birds are tough, way tougher than you think. If you do not shoot these birds in the head, I, I mean, you, you might wing one and you might be able to get a secondary shot off one and kill it, but these birds are super tough. I mean, you're talking about a three-and-a-half, three-inch shotgun, uh, you know, five-shot, four-shot, whatever, whatever the heck you're using, and that's at 50 yards, 40 yards, and they're shooting these birds. If you don't hit them in the head, um, good luck. Good luck getting them. I, I've heard of guys getting birds like that, but, you know, that's the goal, guys. We want we want to take we want to take their heads off. So there's a whole bunch of different calls out there that you guys can use. Um, variety of calls available: box calls, slate calls, and mouth calls. You know, you should try practicing all different calls to see which one is going to work best for you. Okay, I do not recommend you jumping into a mouth call, a diaphragm call, if you will. And just going out and making a bunch of weird turkey noises. I'm not saying you're not going to kill one. Because if you're okay with killing a Jake, by all means, have at it. Because you might get one to come running in. But, um, you know, there's certain sounds that are a lot harder to make. And will be harder for you to master until you get that time with that call. You know, gobbling with a diaphragm is, <laughs> to me, is very hard. Um, there's there's some other noises that uh that you need to study and then i can't teach you those noises per se i can teach you what i know but you know i've had multiple call companies on this show that make great calls and those are the guys to reach out for that stuff you know those are the experts you want to talk to them they're going to get you on the right track and they're more than happy to help you go down that road so um some other techniques or uh tricks maybe uh, trail cameras, right? Setting up a trail camera in, in places that you've seen turkey or heard turkey. It can help you monitor any movement and get a better idea of, of where they're roosting, feeding, traveling, moving to. You know, you got to get out there and scout in advance uh, of the hunting season. I would say, you know, at least two weeks before or, you know, maybe even a month if you have the time. Plus, you know, this is a great time to look for sheds while you're out there. Uh, and that's what I like to do. If I get bored of looking for turkey sign or just lose interest, then I'm going to look for sheds and I'm going to look for deer sign. That's that's also a great time of the year to be in the woods and find possible spots and old sign um, that you can go back and check on. Or, you know, we were just talking about placing those trail cameras out for birds. Hey, <laughs> what what's better than that when you might catch you you know a giant buck moving through there which he may may or not have his antlers i i doubt he will but you know hey bang we just found a great spot for hunting season so it's that's another great reason to get out in the woods if you're not really a turkey hunter or you're, you you want to learn something new and something different that's then this is a great place to start so um 
you know, guys, with, with the turkey hunting, the, the biggest thing I want to touch on is to just be patient, right? And persistence really pays off when it comes down to this stuff. Scouting for turkeys, is it's it's really challenging, but it's very rewarding. Turkeys are very hard to kill, and sometimes they don't get the credit they deserve. You know, you, you'll see sometimes that a lot of guys make it look easy, and uh, those guys are very good at what they're doing, and they also have put themselves in position to learn, to read, uh, the terrain, the way the birds move, the way that the birds are talking back to them. So uh, my, my biggest advice to you when it comes to turkey hunting here in Pennsylvania, especially if you're on game lands, is just be careful, number one. Um, you know, there's guys moving around, and if you hear a bird, make sure you know it's a bird. All right. Uh, there's a, there's accidents that happen in turkey season and people get peppered and it's it's a it's a crazy game that can happen. Just just keep your head on a swivel out there and really understand what your target is, um, especially if you're using decoys. Right. Uh, we don't want to hear or see anything bad happening. So, guys, please be careful with that and coming with being patient. I, I've had turkeys come in where they were calling all morning and it's 8 o'clock, 8.30, and they shut up, and I'm just sitting there hanging out, enjoying myself, listening to the sounds of nature, and, and, and uh, you know, going through everything in my life in my head and, and enjoying uh, God and his country. And, you know, by golly gee, here we go, 11 o'clock, here comes a bird. I mean, it happens. So just be patient because there's lots of guys that are going to tell you stories of they were sitting there just hanging out, and, uh, hey, I'm going to move or I'm going to call it a day. And as soon as they stand up, there's a turkey standing there 60 yards and busted. So good luck, guys. Um, if you can, my other recommendation for you is to get a mentor. Reach out to some guys that you know that are good at killing birds and tell them, hey, man, I want to learn. Okay. Uh, I talk about it all the time. The outdoorsman is a dying breed. And we need uh, help from all of our guys that know what the hell they're doing to pass the torch to everybody else. So um, that's a call to arms for all you guys that are able and willing to get guys out there and get them on birds. And I'm not saying, hey, take them to your best spots, but let them pick out where they want to go and see if you can get them on some birds. Greatly appreciated by everybody out there. So I hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, I hope I'm not boring shit out of you, but I want to move on to trout fishing in the great state of Pennsylvania. Um, this is something that I'm very passionate about. I think that our state... Um, I. I I think that we're in the top five for trout fishing here in, in the in the U.S. here. Um, I may or may not be wrong because I'm not that well-versed and that well-traveled of a trout fisherman. But from what I read and what I see, our waters are phenomenal. And what's freaking crazy is um, if our streams, you know, some of our streams weren't ruined with the sulfur runoff from mining and shit, we would really, really, really have some freaking streams. I mean, there's multiple streams that I can think of that, by God, I really wish that we uh, we we could clean them up. Or you know, it just it sucks that it happened that they're they're sulfurized and they're no good. So, um, with that being said, I'm very passionate about that, and I love to chase brook trout. It's uh, it's my passion. I love any native trout. I think the brook trout is the best looking trout there is, and but might not be the biggest. I think that uh, that that's that's what's for me. But um, this great state is filled with a lot of stock trout, and I don't know exactly where we rank as far as stalking, but we got to be up there. I mean, we probably stalk more trout or bigger trout than than most of our other surrounding states. 
And I know that there's a lot of guys that are on the fence with stalking trout. Um, I get it. I understand, you know, especially stalking over native or wild population. There's not a lot of sense to be made of that, but it's fun. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, you know, you're, you're catching trout. Uh, uh, no arguments for me. There's more than enough um, wilderness streams and Class A streams that I get to fish that I'm not worried for the most part about the stock trout over the native population and I'm aware what goes on um, you know how that can mess up a native population and a wild population but you know what it comes down to is if you guys are having fun fishing your trout that are stalked by all means do it the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick is I see a lot of guys that are you know strictly catch and release and I while I appreciate that um, if you're not fishing wild and native trout and you're fishing a stock trout and you're all gung-ho about catching and release and always putting them back. The only bad news I got for you is the death toll and uh, the survival rate of those trout. Um, I don't have the exact numbers, but it's not good. So don't dog a guy for keeping them. Um, you know, that guy's going to take them home and eat them. And I, I also do see some people, you know, gouge the hook out or do a terrible job at taking the, the hook out of the fish, to, a trout that swallowed it, you know, that can't happen when you when you do that they're they're so fickle and fragile that they're dead they they won't they will die so unless you're biting your hook you know say biting your hook cutting your line whatever you got going on they're not going to survive so um you know i just want to i just want to put that out there guys let's not you know give these guys a hard time that are that are keeping trout because i will tell you that i enjoy keeping some trout um i don't keep with the wild or native trout but i i will keep stock trout and i will uh i uh, will eat them so huh anyway and rant there guys if you're going to fish in pennsylvania first things first go buy your fishing license okay don't 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 be that guy don't be a fool and don't be out there without a fishing license you're asking for trouble and you're asking for problems. Here in the state of Pennsylvania, when you go buy your fishing license, if you're going to fish uh, trout, you need a trout stamp. Okay? You buy your fishing license and a trout stamp. While you're there, um, buy your ear tag. Because <laughs> you never know. You might you might get a bug up your butt and, and decide you're going to go up to Erie and, and try to try to try that kind of fishing. Um, so just, just know the regulations. You, some places are catch and release only. Uh, trophy trout stuff. Some places are artificial lure only, which means you can't use your minnows, your your red worms, um, you know, Pappy's red worms or whatever the heck you want to call it. You got to be using um, artificial lures, whether you got a fly rod, spinning rod, doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it's, it's artificial only in some spots. So look into that stuff before you get to where you're going, especially if you're fishing stock waters. The um, Pennsylvania uh, Boat and Fish Commission have a pretty good i would say app um it's got a near me feature so you can get stock trout streams near you it's got the stocking list on there um kudos and shout out to them with with that app i think it works really well and i i know the game commission went to using the same platform um i don't want to go down the road of what i want to see changed on there but um let's go with um finding good fishing spots guys uh get out there and don't 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 be the guy that gets out on a creek and, and finds the big um, hole and decides he's going to put power bait on and park his ass there all day. I'm not saying that 
you can't do that. And I'm not saying that's not fun and that's not on your agenda. That's great and all. But what I'm saying is just get out, explore, man. You know, get get on these streams and explore. There is so much water to be seen. And some of the water is freaking fantastic. I have walked miles and miles and miles of fishing. And that's just the way I fish. You know, I'm, I'm run, run gung-ho, you know, four or five casts in one spot. And uh, if I'm not catching them on a the spot, I'm moving just because I want to see more water. So get out there and enjoy that, man. Uh, I have nothing against power bait. I think that, uh, sure, that's fine. But, you know, clean up your trash. I, I see power bait laying all over the freaking place and your line and all that stuff. Come on, man. We, we, we need to be better than that. Um, what, I, what I do is I take a backpack with me and I put as much trash that I can carry and find in that backpack and bring it out of there with me. You know, we, we got to be better about keeping this shit clean. So, you know, let's, let's, let's do that. Let's put that on the list too. Um, looking for good spots though. I do, I do want to say, you know, some of the stuff that you might be looking for, right? Um, when you're on a stream, okay. Now this doesn't, you know, this is nothing for lakes and ponds and such standing water. Uh, but when you're on a stream, okay, I want you to envision this. You see the water. And you see bubbles on top of the water, okay? Those bubbles are usually the trout feeding lines, okay? And they're usually they're going to be right to the side of a riffle uh, or a rock or whatnot to where that fish can kind of hang out there and only has to just lean out to the side or whatnot and, and catch some, you know, some dinner floating by. It's very minimal effort for that fish to kind of lay there and they're protected, kind of. Um, some other things to look for, um, if you guys see that foam, the water will actually get a foam in certain spots, you know, where you have a log hanging and the water's kind of hitting the, the middle of the log, you'll get like a foam. Guys, I can't tell you of a better giveaway of where the trout are at. That's, that is an easy, easy place for, for a trout to catch dinner. You know, that foam sitting there and those bugs and such and whatever's on the water, they'll just, it hangs up there. And it's, it's usually, you know, them living under the log right there and they're hanging out. Get your lure up under there. Get your, your own nymph under there, you know, on your, on your fly rod. Wh whatever you're using, that is a dead giveaway. Um, usually you'll find that in like a little bit of a deeper water spot too. So uh, you, you may even find a bigger trout in, in, in a spot like that. Some other things to look for is heavy bends. Uh, so if you're if you're going to go and look for a random ass creek um, or waterway, and it's stocked, or uh, you may think it holds trout or whatnot, if you pull it up on on your map, whether it be uh, Onyx or Spartan Forge or whatever you're using nowadays, if it's a really bendy creek, I, I really highly suggest that you go there, okay? Because the holes. The, the eddies, the oxbows, they're plentiful on those kind of creeks. And I will almost guarantee you that they're holding a good amount of trout. <laughs> um, it, it's really hard for animals to eat them, right? For, to, for predators to get them if they have heavy bends in these creeks. Because what happens is you, you'll get these overhangs up underneath what you're seeing, whether it's um, underneath tree limbs, uh, root system, um, just, just eroded banks. And that's, that's where they're hanging out. Um, 
there's lots of people that are listening to the podcast saying, oh, you know, yeah, well, no shit. But there there are other people that, that don't know this stuff. So be patient with me here. Um, that's where you're going to find a lot of bigger trout, too. In these deeper sections underneath these banks and stuff, that's that's where I've almost always caught bigger trout. You know, under under a, a root system, uh, you know, big root ball on a big pine tree, oak tree, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, underneath, uh, you know, th- these eddies in the stream, um, there there's a there's a science to catching to catching bigger trout. Um, for the most part, you know, bigger bait. You'll see a lot of guys catch bigger trout on streamers and there, there's a reason right that i've seen streamers as big as seven to nine inches and i've even heard of people using you know bigger bait than that and catching big ass browns um i know there's browns that have been reported uh in streams eating 13 14 inch stock trout and it, it's pretty wild but you know they're they're an aggressive trout so um Guys, you're going to have to use the right equipment here, okay? I I can't stress to you enough when, when I see guys on the stream that I, I don't know what the hell they're using. Like, I I don't think that trout fishing is the most expensive thing that you can really get into and have, like, half-decent equipment, right? You can do the whole tried-and-true Shakespeare um, ugly stick, right? I think they run... I'm not saying everybody has the extra money, but, you know, Facebook Marketplace, you can get a fishing rod, right? It doesn't have to be the nicest fishing rod. I actually prefer an ultralight uh, spinning rod or an uh, ultralight fly rod. It's just what I like. Um, Your line, you know, that's another thing to go off of. I I see some people cheap out on some really cheap-ass line, and and (laughs) as soon as they get out there, you know that they did because... They're just getting, I call them crow's nest, eagle's nest, whatever, and they're real or out on their line. And it, it just, it, it's shitty stuff, man. It don't, it doesn't pay to buy cheap line. I recommend, um, I actually use strand monofilament. Um, and then for your tippet, that, that's a whole nother game. But uh, re- reach out to some guys that you know, especially in the fly world, uh, if you want to talk techniques and stuff for fly fishing. But um, the right equipment will 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 get you get you a long way. So, uh, what what I would recommend that you start with if you want to be in the streams and you want to uh, be a better fisherman in the stream is just take a fly rod and uh, do some urine nymphing. Uh, that that that's a great way to start. Um, you know, once once you learn what you're doing and everything, you can get into the dry fly game and and really start having some fun. You know, watching the trout strike the top of the water. You could also run the spinners. Uh, on a spinning rod, I I recommend the Meps if you're gonna buy them, or uh, you can get a hold of me and I, I make some, and I actually wouldn't mind sending uh, sending you one if, if if you really need it. Um, the the spinners work great, but I think the tried and true best method there is trout fishing, personally in my opinion, is the minnow. Uh, you buy a lot minnows that are alive and. Uh, you line the minnows up, and there's actually a certain way that I put them on and stuff whenever I really, really want to catch some trout, and I, I seem to have the best success on them. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times when you are going to get somewhere where there's a hatch, and, and then that's that's the best um, thing that you can have at that moment. But um, just uh, giving you guys, uh, you know, a little intro here. So 
Um, let's see here. Uh, reel. If you're going to buy a spinning reel, um, 50 to $100 will get you a really good reel. Uh, I don't want to give you brands and stuff. I prefer a Shimano. I spend a little extra money. Um, I have them for a long time. Buy what you want. Like I said, if you're willing to spend uh, 75 to $150 on a spinning rod setup, you'll be in good shape. If you're willing to do, I don't know, 70 80 up to, I don't know, 300 350 uh, on a fly setup, I think you'll be in great shape. So if that helps you, hey, uh, let's move on to, I've got some stuff written down here. How about, eh, I kind of touched on the catch and release. Um, you know, if you choose to catch and release, that's fine. There's certain ways to do that and go about that. Uh, I would highly recommend that you do not keep wild and native trout, but you know, you do you just make sure you know the regulations in the area that you're at. So, um, the guys that do keep them, let's touch on this real quick. You guys that do keep them, I would like to know how you're cooking them personally. Uh, send me a message. Let me know. I'm interested. I do mine a couple different ways. But I've uh, seen some really cool things out there. But, um, moving on to catching big trout, maybe. Let's let's do a little bit of that. Um, guys got to fish the right locations. Uh, deeper deeper pools, um, runs in a river, uh, bottom of lake, you know, underwater kind of stuff. Um, anywhere that you you would think like they could hide an ambush. Uh, that's why that's why I recommend like the spinners and. Um, like uh, the uh, Euro-nymphing and stuff like that. So um, natural baits are a pain in the ass to keep, but uh, I think that they work very well. Just remember that you have live bait. You know, don't <laughs> leave them in your truck and uh, your cup holder or whatever because you're going to know when you go back to the truck on a, on a hot day. Um, fishing for bigger trout. Get there early in the morning. Or get there later in the evening. Uh, if the sun's hitting the water and it's bright out and it's midday, I I have not had as much success. Where I really have had success, believe it or not, is fishing in the rain. Uh, I enjoy fishing in the rain. Some people will call me dumb. Some people will call that stupid. But I will tell you, and my brother can vouch, we have caught a pal of big trout in the rain. So if you're not afraid to get wet, I think that you'll do even better. The trout seem to feed really well right after a rain, but not only right after a rain, I've found that they feed well during a rain. So low light conditions are, are, are really, really ideal. Shady stuff. Um, I, I, I can't say that I've caught a whole pile of them in direct sunlight in the water. So be patient and be persistent, guys. It's, it's the same thing over and over whenever you're doing these outdoor activities. If you, if you want to be that guy that's catching these um, golden rainbow trout, you know, or palominos, if you will, you got to go find them. Um, I know guys that they chase these stock trucks and they find these golden rainbow trout, and they'll even sell this information, which is <laughs> it blows my mind, man. It blows my mind. But this that stuff goes on. They'll, they'll write uh, telephone pool numbers and stuff where they drop them off. What I ask is if you're going to go out and you're going to chase a stock truck, get out and help stock. Because I have seen where guys will just sit in the truck and watch these guys stock. And I just I can't believe that goes on. Like, that blows my mind. But come on. Like, we, we can do better than that. If you're going to be out there, we, we, can, we can help stock. So, 
Um, the more you fish, the more you guys are going to get better. So with that being said, I, I, I want to move on to uh, foraging in Pennsylvania. Uh, this, this is a, a great way to, to connect with Pennsylvania or, or nature anywhere if you're listening to this. And um, there, there's a whole abundance of, of edible plants that grow, especially in this state. Um, this can be a dangerous thing, okay? <laughs> I, I don't know a whole lot about it. This is something this year that I want to learn more about. I, I know of a couple and pick a couple different things, but I would really like to hone my woodsmanship towards um, the knowledge of different types of trees. Um, I, you know, I know the basics and, and the stuff that, that most hunters should know, but I would like to know more. And um, the horticulture of things is, is, is really spiked my interest as of late. And I, I would like to learn some more about, you know, different mushrooms and uh, different plants and stuff. Cause just cause it, I think it's badass, man. Living on the land, just I think that that's the coolest thing. So um, definitely learn how to identify any edible plants uh, before you get into foraging. Learn how to identify them and uh, get a hold of a mentor. That is my number one recommendation when it comes to this shit, man. Because when you get in the woods with them guys, like you can sit here and read and read all you want. You know, morels grow here and and papinkies grow here and. Um, you know, east-facing slope, south-facing, yeah, all that. You can take all that stuff to the bank all you want, but you go out with with someone that knows what they're doing, and you'll be like, well, I thought, and they'll say, oh, yeah, sure, you thought, whatever. But just watching them and learning from them, and then not only that, you know, hey, don't pick this. I know that this looks just like this, but here's how you tell the difference, right? Oh, the root ball system or this or that. So if you can find a mentor, you know, if not, take a book with you. There's a lot of different apps on the phones and stuff like that now that you can take pictures of stuff, and usually it'll tell you um, what what it is, but just just be careful with that. Uh, if you bring it home, I mean, even getting a hold of uh, your, your local uh, gun shop or whatever, there might be somebody that he knows or she knows that, that uh, that's in the area of foraging. Sportsmen's, your local sportsmen's, I, I know there's a lot of guys here at our local sportsmen's that, that know what they're doing, so... Um, regulations, guys, back, back to the regulations, make sure that you're picking the right stuff. There is stuff that you're not allowed to pick in certain areas that you're not allowed to pick it. So, you know, teach is their own what you do. I don't care about, but you know, if you get caught picking this stuff in the wrong area or picking the wrong stuff, it can definitely, uh, it can definitely bring consequences. So, um, you know, be mindful of the impact that, uh, that you're, that you're going to make on the environment. You you only really need to take what, what you need. I know a lot of guys that will find a lot of morels. And, yeah, I know there is a market in selling them. Um, you know, like ginseng, that's a big one, right? Uh, it's not that big in the area that I live in, but I do know south of the area I live in, it, it is big, and, and people go nuts for that shit. So um, there's there's a there's a lot of common stuff that that you can start with berries mushrooms um different greens a lot of people don't know dandelions you know you can make tea with them um you can uh, make salads with the uh with the leaves um uh, the, the needle uh wild garlic wild onions leeks blackberries, raspberries, elderberries, wild grapes. I have wild grapes that grow right beside my house. Um, you know, like I was saying before, this stuff can be toxic. 
and uh, I have it, a lot of this stuff has a lot of poisonous things that look just just like it. So be prepared to learn how to cook it in a specific way. And make sure it's safe to eat. Um, soaking it in salt water, uh, like morels and stuff, they'll get bugs in like the little pores and stuff. It's very porous. I would definitely definitely soak them in salt water and and uh, um, baking soda. Uh, it'll get them stuff. It'll get that stuff out of there. Um, you know, berries, uh, blackberries, raspberries, blueberries, strawberries, uh, pies, jams, and smoothies, stuff like that. You know, you, there's a lot of nuts, hickory nuts, black walnuts, acorns, you know, super common and, uh, they can be eaten raw. They can be roasted. You guys can use them in your butters and baked goods. You got different greens such as dandelions, your wild garlic, chick, chickweed, uh, needles commonly found anywhere in Pennsylvania. And uh, they can be eaten raw with salads or cooked dishes. You know, you can put them uh, in your soups, in your stews. Oh, mushrooms. Pennsylvania, you know, we, we got a lot of mushrooms here. Um, morels, oyster mushrooms, chicken of the woods, um, papinkies, super popular one. I think morels are probably the, the most popular one that we have here in Pennsylvania, but... Um, it seems like the foraging is, is kind of taken off and I, I've, I've seen a lot of people, um, getting a lot of interest in it and it makes sense. It, it, it is badass, And like, you know, when you see stuff that's just herbal medicine and people are using this stuff for medicinal purposes. It's, it's crazy. It's free and it's, it's out there. You just got to go find it. And while you're out there, like I said, you take your fishing rod or you're scouting turkeys or you're out looking for sheds. It's, it's just the world outdoors is waiting for you, and these doors are open. I mean, you don't even have to twist the handle. Just walk through the doors. If you guys are afraid or, you know, you don't know what you're doing, there's so many different ways to go about this. You can buy a GPS or a super simple way to do this. If you're afraid of getting lost, because I, I hear that from people, and I mean, I can't imagine that just because of the way I was raised, but... There's a simple little thing called a backtrack. Garmin makes a thing called a backtrack. And all you do is hit the button. And it'll follow your footsteps in. And when you're ready to go back to the truck or the car, you press backtrack. And there's a big-ass arrow that comes up on a watch-looking thing and points you right in the direction you just came from. So it's super, super convenient to have. And I highly recommend this one of them things. You know, another thing is learn to read a compass, guys. It's super simple. Or maps. You know, just get a map out. I know a lot of us hunters and guys like me, fishermen alike, all we do is look at maps. You know, topo maps and, and 3D maps and, um, you know, especially um, property lines. I'm constantly using GIS to try to find access here or there. Uh, so... I just wanted to take this time to, to, to thank everybody for, for listening to the show. And um, I've been super, super busy these last couple weeks. I have a daughter coming here within the next two or three weeks. So I'm super excited at that and um, busier busier than I can ever be. Uh, yeah, I have another daughter here that, that, that keeps me super busy. And um, shit's been wild, man. And I just want to thank all you guys for for this crazy ride and I really enjoy this podcast and I enjoy bringing you as much good content as I can bring 
uh, the guys that are usually reaching out are usually the same guys. I really appreciate you. You know, hey, this sounded great. You know, what about this? What about that? Can you touch on this? Can you touch on that? I, I can't thank you enough. So thank you guys for commenting and, and rating and subscribing. That helps the show more than, than some of you understand. So if you guys have anything else that you want me to touch on, we're definitely going to do a lot of deer talk. Um, just not yet. Just not yet. Uh, we're going to keep the turkey talk and the fishing going. Uh, we're going to bring some people through probably with a little bit of like uh, hiking talk or some other some other uh, places to visit in Pennsylvania. That's the plan moving forward here. Um, we're going to highlight some of the cool shit that we have here in this state. So um, if you guys know anybody that wants to get on the show or they really enjoy listening to the show and want to talk to me, please reach out to me. I love talking to new people. Um, getting people that know what they're talking about out on a platform like this is exactly what we want to do. So if you know, especially older, older people, you know, people in their, their fifties to, to 90 years old, man, get me in on that. I need to be talking to them. That's, that's what I enjoy. The knowledge is unreal. So thank you guys for this time. If you want me to touch on anything else, hit me up. Keystone Chronicles, Instagram, Facebook page, YouTube channel, all that other stuff. It's out there. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate your time. I hope you enjoyed this session, and God bless. You guys have made it to the end of yet another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. Hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Uh, great for the beginners, like I said on there. If you guys have any questions, don't be afraid to reach out and hit me up on any of the social media platforms that the Keystone Chronicles podcast is on. Thank you guys so much for being supportive. I hope that uh, that you really enjoyed it as much as I do, and we will talk to you soon.
You've made it to the end of another Keystone Chronicles podcast episode. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this as much as I did. I think that these guys are great. I think that what they stand for and what they're going for over there is exactly what you should be looking for if you're looking to support a local call company that is making some badass shit. So with that being said, as I end every episode, please subscribe, comment, like. It helps the show. Guys, I greatly appreciate the the support and just just keep tuning in man i love it see you soon